Good morning, everybody. Um, we are um, just coming to the end of our, um, we've taken quite a while to kind of slowly make our way uh, through the Sermon on the Mount, um, and we're reaching the very end uh, this morning. Uh, so let's take a moment um, and just pray and ask for God's help as we, we come to his word. Um, let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, the words that we've been singing together. Um, thank you that we can join with the rest of creation um, in lifting up our praise to you. Um, and Father, we want to um, come now just in the quiet uh, before we open your word. Uh, we want to ask, would you come, Holy Spirit, would you come living God and breathe uh, life into us through your word? Uh, would you speak to us words that will uh, do us good, words that will bless us, words that will encourage us, words that will maybe shake us awake if that's what we need, words that will bring us to our knees if that's what we need. Uh, but would you speak? You, you know what we need to hear this morning. And so we want to pray, would you speak by your word and by your spirit to every single person uh, here this morning at the Sandal Center, every single person listening at home. Uh, would you speak in the quiet of our hearts? Uh, we pray, Holy Spirit, we pray, Lord Jesus. Uh, amen. Let's, uh, let's read together. Um, we're going to read the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, very, uh, very famous words right at the end. Um, uh, let's read them together. So this is Matthew chapter 7. Um, we're going to read from verse 24. Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Um, these are uh, probably uh, among the most familiar words of Jesus, um, maybe anywhere in his teaching. Uh, mo most of us probably have a memory of pictures from Sunday school that tried to capture the wise man and the foolish man. Most of us probably remember singing, the wise man built his house upon the rock. Um, I'll not get you to sing it this morning. Or if, if your Sunday school was a wee bit trendier, maybe you sang, don't build your house on the sandy land. Um, that was kind of a more upbeat uh, version. Um, whenever a Bible story is really familiar, there can be a danger. We become kind of careless in our reading because we think we already know what it says. Um, and really what I want to help us do this morning is really pay attention and make sure we are reading carefully what it is that Jesus actually says here. I think it's a little different to maybe the way we might assume. 
Uh, we might assume that this is a story about salvation. Um, I'm pretty sure growing up, I heard sermons which read it that way. Um, so when the final storm of death and final judgment comes, will you be standing on the rock of faith in Jesus or will your confidence be in something else? Um, now, that is a good sermon. <laughs> That's a good gospel sermon. And it's true in everything that it says. But I don't think it's what this story is about. There's no indication in this story that when Jesus talks about storms, he's talking about that final storm. If you want to, if you want to think about th themes to do with salvation, go back and listen again to last week's sermon where we were very much talking about those things. Um, I think the storms in view here, read most naturally, most simply, are talking about the storms of life, talking about difficulties and pressure and troubles that will come your way as you live life. Um, this story, I think, is not primarily about salvation. It's about resilience. When these storms come, as they will, when trouble comes, as it will, Jesus said another time, in this world, you will have trouble. Will your life stand firm and stand strong? Or will it collapse like a sandcastle or like a house of cards or like a badly baked cake? Will it collapse in on itself? That's, I think, what the story read most simply is about. Um, I'm pretty sure maybe as soon as we say that, we all, we all want to be resilient. Here, there's another way of maybe imagining this, the house on the rock, on the cliff, um, standing above the, the storm and then the sandcastle um, ready to be dissolved by the, the waves coming in. Um, we all want to be resilient, right? We, we all want to be people um, who respond to the storms of life by standing strong. Um, I think it's a good thing, maybe even now as I'm speaking, um, bring to mind people you have known. We all know people who have responded to trouble and storms with incredible courage and faithfulness. And they haven't necessarily found it easy. That's not what we're talking about because we're all human. Difficulties are difficult. Uh, struggles are, are a challenge. But we know people who have faced incredible storms, but they remain whole. They remain themselves. They keep their integrity. They keep their faith. They keep their character through the storms. The house doesn't fall when the storms come. Um, some of the people who most inspired me in that way are in this room right now. There are people in this in this church who have lived through cancer and who have lived through the loss of the the, the one they love most in the world and who've lived through Parkinson's and who've lived through other things. And their integrity, who they are, has not collapsed when those storms came. Um, and we all want to know, don't we, what is the secret of that kind of resilience? We all also know people who maybe have not been able to stand firm and whose lives have collapsed at the first sign of trouble. And we wonder what makes the difference. How, how can I be someone who will stand firm when the storms come? Um, re resilience um, is a really, it's kind of a buzzword these days. It's kind of a popular topic. If you go home and Google the word resilience, you'll find a thousand articles and videos about how you can become a more resilient person. And there's lots of things in those articles and videos that is really helpful. There's, there's lots of good advice out there about things that will make you more resilient. But I do want to say this morning, Jesus is the one who understands our human nature better than anyone who's ever lived. 
He created our humanity and he knows how we are built. And so if he is telling us how to withstand the storms of life, we, we better lean in and listen to what he has to say. We need to listen to the words of Jesus. Um, and I, I do also want to say this uh, at the beginning, and this is important. Um, if you've had an experience in your life of collapse, where storms and trouble came and your life kind of fell apart, and you find that you were not as resilient as you wished you were, as you hoped you, you could be. Um, I want to say it's not our goal this morning to make you feel bad or to make you feel worse about something that you already feel bad about. Um, that is a common human experience. And so I want to encourage us, wherever we are with this, let's listen together to Jesus and look for help and wisdom so we can grow in resilience together, right? Well, whatever your past experience has been, wherever you are right now, let's look to Jesus to, to teach us how to face what's coming in the future. Um, so what, what does Jesus say? Um, it's pretty clear kind of the heart of this passage is saying you need to build your house on the rock, right? You need to build your life on solid ground on the rock. Um, but what does that mean? What does it mean to build your house on the rock? Um, and maybe we might immediately give the Sunday school answer, which is always Jesus. And so we might say, well, Jesus is the rock. Jesus is the rock of my salvation. Build your life on him. And that is very, very good advice. But it's not quite exactly what Jesus says here. Um, we haven't yet got to reading what Jesus actually says. Maybe somebody else will say, well, Jesus says something here about listening to his words. So I, I'm pretty sure I've often heard people say this. The Bible is the rock. Um, base your life on scripture. Build your, base your life on God's word and your life will be solid. And again, that is very, very good advice, right? That is good advice, but it's not quite what Jesus says in this passage. And this is really, I want to encourage us to read carefully what it is that Jesus says. What does he say? Everyone who hears these words of mine. The, the immediate reference is not to the whole of scripture. That might be maybe a secondary application, but it's to these words in the Sermon on the Mount. These three chapters of Matthew's gospel that we've been reading together for the last few months, Jesus speaks these words and then says, everyone who hears these words of mine is building their house on the rock. We need to listen carefully to these words of Jesus. But I slightly misquoted there, didn't I? Because we haven't yet got to exactly what Jesus says. Because he doesn't just say, if you hear these words of mine, you're building on the rock. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is, build, is like a man who builds his house on the rock. Um, I, I think those words that are in bold there may be the most important words in this passage. Um, resilience doesn't come just from hearing the words of Jesus or just from knowing his words or even memorizing them or even studying them or discussing them, which are all good things to do, but from putting them into practice. It comes from simple obedience to the words of Jesus. Um, this is maybe the bit that's kind of challenging and uncomfortable. The, the foolish person, the person who's called foolish in this passage, who builds their house on the sand, may well be a believer in Jesus, 
and they may know their Bible very well, and they may well have studied the Sermon on the Mount and had some amazing Bible studies on the Sermon on the Mount, and they may be able to talk about it impressively, but they have not begun to put it into practice. That is, the foolish person has heard the words of Jesus, but doesn't allow it to change anything in their life. So I think uh, the message translation on this passage has got it exactly right. I want to read you a little bit of this passage from the message. It says, if you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock and rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. And how does he describe, uh, or how does it describe in the message, the foolish man? It says, if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, then you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. And when a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. I think that's exactly right. Wisdom is found here in obedience, not just in knowing stuff up here. And so this is really challenging. Um, we've reached the end of our series on the Sermon on the Mount, and I hope you've enjoyed some of our Sunday mornings here talking about it and reflecting on it, and I hope you've enjoyed discussing it with your friends or your home group or, or in your house, um, and I hope you've enjoyed reflecting on it yourself, and maybe you've written some profound thoughts down into your notebook. But now, as we reach the end, the only question is, what are you going to do <laughs> with what you've heard? What are you going to do with it? Um, I, I seem to have been quoting the Germans a lot uh, in this series. And again, I want to quote uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I always think Bonhoeffer has an extra integrity in, when he talks about obedience, because he was a man who, in his obedience to Jesus, was obedient to the point of imprisonment and eventually to the point of death under the Nazis. Uh, but this is what Bonhoeffer said, and I'll put it up on the screen because I, I find this really challenging. Um, as he reflects on the Sermon on the Mount, um, this may be good, good words for us as we reach the end of a series. He says, we have listened to the Sermon on the Mount and perhaps have understood it, but who has heard it aright? Jesus gives the answer at the end. Humanly speaking, we could understand the Sermon on the Mount in a thousand ways. Jesus knows only one possibility, simple surrender and obedience. And this is what he says. He says, that is the only way to hear this word. He doesn't mean that it's to be discussed as an ideal. He really means us to get on with it. <laughs> and I like that kind of very down-to-earth challenge at the end. He really means it. He really means us to get on with living this out in our everyday lives. Um, again, maybe bring to mind those people you know who have been resilient. Um, I want to suggest if you take some time to think about those you know who have stood firm in the face of great storms, it's not just that they are Christians. It's not just that they know their Bible, though those things are really vital. It's that they've developed a habit over a lifetime of listening to Jesus and obeying him. They've developed that habit over a lifetime. They have allowed the words of Jesus to shape their living. And that is what makes the fabric of your life strong and resilient when the storms come. 
Um, it's really important when we're talking about obedience uh, to emphasize this. You remember this quote that we put up at the start of the series from C.S. Lewis. He's talking about God. It says, he is going to make us into creatures that can obey this command. Um, it's really important to say our obedience is not something done in our own strength. It's the obedience of faith. It's really important to remember the same Jesus who gave us these commands has also died for us and risen again and poured out his spirit so that in the moment when we need to obey, we're not running off our own resources. The, the living Jesus is at our side and the spirit of Jesus is within us and we ask him for the strength and the courage to obey. And we, we believe that he will make us into creatures who can obey these commands. Um, so it's not our own resources, it's not our own strength, but there has to be a real intention on our part to obey. And maybe we could ask the question really directly as we reach the end of our series. Do you intend this week, <laughs> do you intend in your life to actually obey the words of Jesus? Or do you want to just talk about them and play with them and write things down about them and never get around to live in them? Um, so I was thinking about how to kind of end the series. And as we reach the end of the series, um, I want you to imagine with me, and this is kind of a little recap, but I, I want you to imagine with me a week in the life of an ordinary disciple to try to think about what does this look like for us to live this out in our everyday lives? So I want you to imagine this with me. Um, here's Monday. On Monday, you're in work and you're dealing with a difficult colleague. Um, I don't know if that's hard for you to imagine or not. Um, and there's that moment in the canteen where other people are getting together to give off and complain about that difficult colleague. And it's hugely tempting <laughs> to join in because it makes you feel a wee bit better for a moment uh, to have a good whinge and a good gossip. Um, and then you remember that Jesus has called you not only to refrain from murder <laughs> and to refrain from gossip, but also to root out anger and contempt from your heart and even to show love to your enemy. And so you close your mouth and you say a prayer and you ask for a miracle of grace in your heart and you say, Lord, help me love this really difficult person. Help me to show them kindness, even though they don't deserve it, because that is how you've loved me. And you close your mouth and you cross the room and you find a way to show kindness even to that person who's made your life difficult. This is obedience in the everyday nitty-gritty of life. All right, that's Monday. It's Tuesday. Um, it's, it's Tuesday evening. It's been a long and tiring and frustrating day. And you come home and you pour yourself a glass of wine and you realize everyone else is out of the house and the computer is sitting there. And you know that with just a few clicks of a few keys, you can look at some images that will make you forget your worries for a moment and nobody will know and nobody will get hurt. And then you remember the words of Jesus, that when you give in to lust, you commit adultery in your heart and you realize that actually this hurts many people, including yourself. And you remember Jesus saying, do whatever it takes, cut out your eye if you have to. And so you get up from your chair and you close the computer and you get out of the house and you call a friend you trust and you tell them that you were tempted and you go for coffee. This is obedience in everyday living. It's Wednesday. <laughs> you're in a coffee shop and you're on the phone with your mum 
and your mum is telling you about a really complicated conflict that has broken out between some of the members of your family and she wants you to get involved and your mum asks you a question and you think of an answer to the question which is not quite strictly exactly true but it's kind of almost true and it would keep your mum happy and it would get her off your, your back and it would help you to not get involved in this mess that's going on in your family. Um, that's the way kind of half-truths work. They get us out of trouble. Um, and then you remember the words of Jesus saying, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And so you take a deep breath and you speak the simple truth, whatever the consequences that come after. It's Thursday. This is quite a week, isn't it? Um, it's Thursday and you, you go online and you're on social media and you find that your friends are discussing big issues and they're talking about things that you feel really strongly about. And you start to write a really brilliant post in your head where you're going to show that you have the right opinions and support the right causes and are taking the right actions and are on the side of righteousness in every way. And you're going to show the world um, how right you are. And then you happen to look out the window and you notice your elderly neighbor in the garden and you've been meaning to pop over for ages to make sure that they're okay and to ask if there's anything you can do to help. And if you do that, nobody's going to know you did it except that neighbor. But you remember the words of Jesus about giving to those in need quietly and secretly and without fanfare and not performing your righteousness to be seen. And so again, you close your computer. That seems to be a theme here. And you head out the door to your neighbor. It says obedience in everyday life. It's Friday and you're facing a big decision as a family. Uh, and an opportunity has opened up that's going to mean a lot more money coming into your family. And you start to dream about what that would mean and the things you could buy and the places you could go and what this money would buy. And then you remember the words of Jesus about treasure on earth and treasure in heaven. And you remember that there's another option open to you and you start to look at that one again and it would mean less money, but it would also mean greater opportunity to make a difference for good in the world and perhaps more time for you as a family and more time to serve God in other ways in the church and the neighborhood. And you ask for grace to make the difficult choice to store up treasure in heaven rather than treasure on earth. It's obedience in everyday life. It's Saturday um, and you're sitting, you're sitting watching the news um, and the news is giving you a dozen things to worry about. Um, you're worried about new COVID variants and you're worried about what the government's going to do and you're worried about the Northern Ireland protocol and the collapse of everything at Stormont and you're worried about climate change and you're worried about everything. And then you remember the words of Jesus. You remember that you are commanded to consider the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And you turn off the TV and you head outside and you take a moment with your father. You remember that your father loves you, cares about you much, much more than he cares about those birds. And that you can trust him and you can get on with seeking the, his kingdom and doing your bit for good where you are and leave the rest in his hands. The week has come around. It's Sunday. And here we are. Remember when we could sit shoulder to shoulder like that? Um, and you're listening to an inspiring and challenging sermon. It's somebody else preaching rather than me. Jeanette's up here. Um, and as you listen, as you listen to the sermon, 
you start to think of somebody you know who really, really needs to hear this. And you don't actually have any intention of sharing it with them, but you enjoy thinking about how wrong they are in their life, just wrong in their lifestyle and wrong in their theology, and they could do with hearing this and being corrected. And then you remember the words of Jesus about the great, big, enormous plank, not that you are, but that is in your eye. Um, And you confess your pride and your arrogance to Jesus, and you ask him to show you where you need to hear this message this morning and to fill, fill, fill you with his spirit again and help you to obey. There's a week in the life of a disciple. Maybe most weeks are not quite that exciting. Um, but that's obedience in everyday life. Those are the little ordinary moments when we decide, am I just a believer in Jesus or am I a disciple? Um, am I just a fan of Jesus or am I serious about following him? Am I going to take the easy way and go with the crowd? Or am I going to take the difficult way and go with Jesus? Am I just going to listen to his words? Or am I going to obey? And every time we make a little choice to obey, every time we say that little prayer and ask for grace and ask for the Spirit to strengthen us and make, make a little choice to obey, those little choices become habits and the habits become character And what we do with our moments is what we do with our days. And what we do with our days is what we do with our lives. And when the storms come, as they will, we'll be able to stand firm. We'll be able to stand strong. Um, I love that bit at the end that says, when Jesus finished speaking, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Why were they amazed? Because he was eloquent? No. Uh, Because it was wise? That's not what it says. Because it was entertaining? Because it was interesting, because he taught them as one with authority. Um, they, they realized that Jesus was not just giving them good advice. They were starting to get a sense of who he is, that he is the Lord of life, that he is the king of creation. And so the proper response to his words is not just to discuss them, uh, not just to stroke your chin and ponder them in a deep way, but to go and live them, to go and obey them in the midst of the nitty-gritty of everyday life. Um, been having, just to finish, uh, been having some really good chats the last, last couple of weeks uh, with people who are thinking about baptism. Um, if you haven't heard, we're having a baptism on the 18th of July. Uh, if, that's some, if you haven't been baptized, if that's something you're wondering about or curious about or thinking about, um, come and talk to me or come and talk to one of the other elders. Um, But as I was having those chats with people who are getting ready for baptism, um, I found myself remembering a little chorus that we used to sing when I was younger uh, that simply says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. You know, whenever you make a decision to get baptized, you're not saying, I've arrived, I'm perfect, uh, I'm not going to have any more problems, I'm not going to struggle anymore. You're going to need lots of forgiveness and lots of grace. But you are saying, I have set the course of my life. I have decided to follow Jesus and there's no turning back. Um, And so I guess the really simple question I want us to take into our week is who are you following? Who are you going to follow this week? Who are you going to follow with this one life that you've been given? Um, I want to finish with, uh, I know I've read these words before, but uh, they came to mind again as I was preparing um, a song by the late Rich Mullins. Uh, that for me just captures this 
uh, better than anyone else. Um, who are you going to follow? Rich Mullen says, when I turned to the world, they gave me this advice. They said, boy, just follow your heart. But my heart just led me into my chest. They said, follow your nose. But the direction changed every time I went and turned my head. They said, boy, just follow your dreams. But my dreams were only misty notions. This is what he says. But the father of hearts and the maker of noses and the giver of dreams, he's the one I have chosen and I will follow him. Let's pray together. Um, I wonder if I could ask you to stand just as we pray, uh, just as we respond to what we've heard from the Sermon on the Mount. Um, let's pray together. Um, Father, we just, as we finish, um, together want to take a moment to respond to your word. Uh, and we want to say we don't want to be people who are just hearers of your word and so deceive ourselves. Uh, we don't want to walk away and forget what we've heard from your word. We want it to be woven into the fabric of our lives. We want to be those people who are resilient when the storms of life come. And so we want to pray by your spirit, would you take your word and sow it deeply into the soil of our lives? Um, but Father, we want to say together, um, we want to be people who choose to obey. We know we can't do it in our own strength. We know we need your grace. We know we need your spirit. But we also want to make a fierce, deliberate, intentional choice this morning to say, I want to be someone who follows Jesus, even when it's difficult, even when it goes against the stream, even whenever it's costly. I have decided to follow Jesus and there is no turning back. Father, would you help each of us uh, where we need strengthened in our, uh, in our backbone this morning, in our decision, in our uh, commitment to follow you? Would you strengthen us by your spirit? Um, I want to pray that every single one of us tuning in and here this morning would follow Jesus all the days of our lives. Um, we commit our lives to you uh, in the name of Jesus, who is our King. Uh, amen. Let's let's sing together. <laughs>